0: Thanks for joining the True West podcast with David Fichette, where David sits down with business leaders, artists, creatives, and champions of humanity to discuss their explorer spirit. If your true north is your sense of purpose that drives you each day and that thing you'll be remembered for long after you're gone, we believe that your true west is your sense of adventure, your curiosity, and the thing that makes you turn your back to the sunrise and head into uncharted territories you'll hear stories of tenacity and courage that live inside each of us to follow our own path into the future we desire. We hope that you will be inspired to follow your True West today.
1: Hey, and welcome back to the True West podcast, brought to you here by the good folks at Go West Creative here at the Studio Collection at Go West. Uh, This is when we talk about finding your true west, your sense of adventure, your sense of curiosity, and living out your life purpose. I'm joined today by my friend uh, Manny Panera, former Chief Master Sergeant, First Sergeant of the Air Force. Uh, Manny served Air Force for 32 years, and now he's a, a well-sought-after keynote speaker and an all-around amazing human being. So super excited to have a
2: quick conversation with my buddy Manny today. Manny, thanks for being here, pal. Uh, brother, thank you so much, man. This invitation is a highlight of my freaking year.
1: Yeah, well, I, anytime we get together, you know, which we don't get to do enough, uh, it's, it's just like a family reunion yeah, every nice time, nice man, nice. so. No. Yes, sir. Appreciate you being here. No, thank you. And so here at the True West Podcast, we will talk about this concept of true West, right? If your true North is your purpose in life, is the thing you'll be remembered for, the, the reason you're put on this planet. Your true West is your sense of curiosity and adventure and exploration and and finding that path that helps you lead to yeah. your your true north. So it's kind of a true Northwest, we like to say. So talk to me a little bit about that sense of curiosity and adventure that's played in your life, right? Because you, you kind of broke a mold. You did something different in your life, right? right. Just you're growing up in the Bronx, right? And then just deciding at a young age to, to join the Air Force to make a different way for yourself. So yeah. tell me a little bit about that.
2: Man. Well, yeah, look, uh, again, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, I, I got to say that a lot of the pulse of leaving New York at that stage in my life was because, you know, I kind of knew there had to be more. Uh, more than probably what I saw on a daily basis, and uh, and, and it, it definitely, I was challenged enough living in New York. Uh, a lot of folks tend to think, "Man, that's New York City," you know, uh, you know, the the, uh, the the city that never sleeps. Mm-hmm. You know, you name the you name the metaphor for it, and they'll, they'll right. come up with something for right. it. But it's a pretty busy place, and you know, most of the time, you're just looking for a little solace. Uh, you know, I used to. I used to take a ride down to Van Cortlandt Park in the Bronx, or even Central Park, where you actually see trees and green and grass, right. and just to get out of What's the that? city, yeah. yeah, and, and you know, you realize, man, this this can't be it, you know, there's got to be more, so I, I was fortunate, I took some trips out, you know, I went to Virginia, ooh, right, mm-hmm. and, uh, and kind of uh, had an opportunity to see outside the walls of New York, but... I didn't know what I was going to do, uh, in the, you know, living in the city, you know, most of my family, my, my cousin, who's like my brother, uh, went into corrections. So he, he graduated high school, went to college and, and I tried the college scene. Working
1: on the outside of the uh, cells right yeah not, yeah, not yeah. <laughs> just just want to clarify with, which side of yeah, corrections he was actually he is on, on. The positive side <laughs> okay actually. so you
2: know he went to college he graduated from Fordham I took a, a year at that same uh, environment and then I realized man that's just I was still in New York like I was still in the city and uh and then he was he had these aspirations that we would become police and you know do the Starsky and Hutch scene and I was like... You got to learn to slide across the hood like it, that. It's, yeah, it's just, very important. Just, uh, yeah, that was probably one of the, the right. checkpoints you yeah. had to get through. But I I did not want to be there. Um, and I, so here I am in high school and uh, my senior year, and a guy comes in doing this, what they call the recruiter's assistance program, where they bring uh, young, vibrant, military newbies back to talk about their experiences. And walk, he walks in, this guy from my neighborhood, and I had no clue who it was when I first saw him. He was in his Marine uniform, uh, you know, dressed blues. Man, I, I would have never recognized him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was like, wow, that looks like it's something that I can do. Because I saw the transformation. Right. And, and I don't think I was looking to try to reinvent myself. I just knew that I wanted to do something else man that same afternoon i walked over to the freaking recruiter station and really? asked, and asked him uh, you know w- w- how do i join and and he asked, and it was funny I, so the, my recruiting station was down at uh times square and times square recruiting station if you go there now it looks like a a, a port of like a fortress right right um, surrounded by police and it's just stone its capsule inside the middle of freaking you know downtown I've been fortress. there yeah and uh, when I went there, it was like a little brown shack, right. you know, with a doorbell when you walked in, ding, ding, you know, and, uh, and so I walked in and I, and I asked for the the Marine recruiter and I said, and the guy said, why do you want to join the Marines? And I said, man, have you seen their uniform? <laughs> so. All about just, fashion. You, you, know, have, you say, had me at fashion, man. I, I, <laughs> I should have just went across this, you know, down the road to uh, FIT, you know, mm-hmm. just, <laughs> But uh, the guy who asked me the question was an Air Force recruiter, and he asked me why I wanted to join the Marines, and you know, after we had that conversation, he uh, he reminded me that you'd never join anything because of the uniform, right. and he started to tell me his story. He started telling me, you know, he was from the Bronx, uh, he'd been in now maybe eight years, eight, nine years, um, and just kind of started giving me his journey of how and why he chose the Air Force. and before I knew it, you know, I I, he was, I was sold, and I don't know if it was just the, the the vision of joining the force, but I think it was really, it was an opportunity, right, to to figure out what I wanted to do. Right. So so yeah, you know, and I, I actually started to like it. You know, I nice. found myself in a position where there were like minds, people from inner cities throughout the globe who who just wanted to do a little more uh, with their lives, and, and have an impact. So. And service was something I always loved. You know, I grew up in a Catholic home, right? Uh, went to St. Columba, mm-hmm. uh, you know, middle school. Uh, but when I graduated, I went to probably one of the craziest high schools in New York City. Sure. Uh, where the path kind of shifted sure. everything. And, and I saw a lot of stuff that I just didn't want to be part of. Really. Uh, and, and that could have easily swayed into all types of different environments, uh, given the environment that I was sitting in. Uh, but my cousin really navigated that that story for me he He helped me get out of that mindset of you know the street mentality and and he he actually he does you know I, I tell him publicly a lot that he he helped navigate that mm. right he helped me get to my true my true north um, okay. uh, he, he the purpose of my venture and my journey. Uh, was solidified after probably my first four years in the military because then I realized, man, I love this service. I love to give back. Right. Uh, you learn a trade, you learn a craft, and you know you build this camaraderie with folks. Um, but, man, the opportunity to serve your nation, you know, and, and, and a greater good.
1: And serve well, as you did. When you retired, you were the second highest enlisted yeah, right? man yeah, was, in all of the Air Force? I was
2: pretty, it's pretty humbling. Uh, so yeah. I worked with uh, our Chief Master Sergeant of the Air Force. Uh, he's number 18, so mm. we were at 19 now. But number 18, Khalith Wright, Khalid right and, uh, and I was going to retire, actually, in 2017. I had a pretty good... What I considered a pretty good career up to that point, point. and uh, about two months out from my retirement, he called me up and he said, uh, "Hey, I heard you're retiring," and I said, "Yeah, you, you coming?" And you know, he he said, "No, neither are you." <laughs> <laughs> he says, "I'm calling because I'm uh, I want to bring you on the team," and uh, and so I was, you know, after some real family contemplation and and really some strong dialogue, uh, decided to join the team, and that kept me a little longer, of course, but. I became the most senior first sergeant in the United States Air Force, so uh, they call him Diamond One, uh, mm. based on the chevron of the diamond in, in the in the middle of the chevron. That's amazing. Man. But uh, man, what a great good, you know. Well,
1: well, let sp- me let me ask you this, right? So when we talk about this whole concept of true West yeah. and exploration and adventure and what I refer to is the what if, yeah, right? Yeah. I know we've always done it like this, but what if we did this? Or what if we, right? What? what?
2: <clears throat> <clears throat> the regret modes. <laughs> We're working
1: at the Pentagon. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Did you have any of those what if moments kind of going, I know we've always done it like this, <laughs> but what if we did it like this?
2: I, I got to right. tell you, uh, <clears throat> Pentagon was a challenging uh, experience because it's definitely not in the operational sense of what you think you're going to do. Uh, because, you know, it's hard to label it, but there's a lot of bureaucracy. Oh, really? Shocking. <laughs> <I> imagine that. <laughs> Shocking. So trying to get probably the most simplest things done can take years. And, and there's a strategy in the Pentagon where if they weigh you out long enough, mm-hmm. they know you're only there for a short amount of time, right. then, you know, your policy probably gets gets caught under the shuffle of paperwork, and yeah. then it gets lost magically. Right. So that was one of the... One of the kind of open doors that you kind of knew you were walking into, but until you experience it, it's 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 like something you'll never never think that you're gonna go through. Um, but my, I'll tell you a wild moment I had one day, probably in early my early journey, the early tenure of the, of the job. I was parking, so I was fortunate to have a parking outside the river entrance, mm. and uh, and I got out of the car. You know, I'm walking towards the building, and I'm thinking, man. How the hell did I get here right. you know so and as I was walking up the stairs I'm greeted by the secretary of defense I'm greeted by you know these senior generals in the in the United States Air Force who are change makers right mm-hmm. and uh and literally I and they were all good morning chief good morning good morning And I'm like hey good morning sir you know and I'm walking in the building walking upstairs to my office and I'm thinking how the hell did a kid from the Bronx get right? here you know but those wild moments actually helped me um, and it reminded me about where I came from. That's right. So that ground foundation piece actually was such a huge assistance in in how I wanted to navigate the job and right. and not you know not not forgetting where those airmen are are at and where what I can do because of the position to continue to you know assist them. So yeah, there, there's a whole lot of wild moments, but sure. the Pentagon itself is an, is a beast. Uh, yeah. You know, I still remember when we had the opportunity, yeah. and and uh and through I, it, yeah, yeah. walk through it, and and you know, it's funny because that is the pinnacle for our le- military leadership, right? And there are so many that never have an opportunity to to, to see that. Yeah, path, you know, it was it was, it
1: was amazing. So you take a look at your journey from high school into the Air Force. Your military career, obviously, you have opportunities to subtly do things differently, but you're kind of inside the structure, the beh- behemoth machine that is the United States government. And the Air Force. But now you find yourself, you know, it's been, what, four years?
2: Yeah. Four, four years? Four Actually, years. Through, uh, I'll be hitting three years now. But Three? Yeah, three Three, three years since three your years, retirement? Yeah.
1: yeah. So three years since your re- retirement, and now you've had to have a, a real true west moment right yeah. you've had to like figure out what is my direction where am i going to go what's yeah. my sense of exploration so what was some of that thought process for you for you and vanessa to figure out what was going to be this next chapter for manny
2: now, i'll tell you so you know i've had this brand for so long right I, my coins uh i, I know you mm-hmm. have one i do uh it's don't count back. time make time count that's mm-hmm. kind of been my segue making sure folks understand this journey that you're on in life you know, don't waste it. You know, so that was kind of the push as a young airman NCO is that there's so much more you can do, but if you're wasting the time, you know, that's you're not getting it back. So I used it and I vetted it all my life. Like that was like my own personal drive, but here I am now in retirement, right? And out of all things during COVID, right? So what do I do and how do I get there? I'm in the kitchen dining, you know, the kitchen table, to the island. And I'm thinking, okay, so what's next, Manny? You know, what do you want to do? And I was having a conversation with my son, Christian. And he says, Dad, uh, you know, why don't you think about doing something with that whole making time count thing that you've been pushing on us for all these years? Right. And I say, yeah, you know, that sounds good. And he he was very um, adamant that I write a book. You know, Mm. hey, you got a great story, dad. You came from this place. And and I say, well, you know, son, a lot of people have stories like that. You know, had to crawl out under the rocks just to kind of see the sunlight. But it's how you tell it, man. It's all about how you tell it. Uh, You know, so what do I do? I sat there and thought about, okay, what does making time count mean to me? What what's the value in that? In finding my purpose, you know, it's not just words now on paper, but how do I continue to live those values? And I started to kind of jot down a mission, a vision. And what the expectation was for me. Because, you know, it starts with me, right? I'm the right. first guy I see in the mirror. So uh, I wanted to make sure that whatever I do, it was authentic enough that it, was, it wouldn't be a sell, right? It's right. a, a business. It would be a life model. Mm-hmm. And, and how do I translate that? Well, then what did I do next? I called you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, who in business knows branding like David Fischette? And, and, and when you add in all the, the additional pieces to the puzzle, right? Branding from actionable and authenticity. Mm-hmm. Taking a name, but adding some character and building off of who you are. That's the true essence of your true West, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, probably the best phone call I ever made because what wow. you did was you directed me, you know? So I'll share this with you openly. Mm-hmm. You gifted me a compass. Hmm. You know, they say that when you give somebody a compass, you're bringing luck to them, right, to hopefully lead them in the right direction. Probably probably one one of the best gifts I ever had Mm -hmm. uh, because it was not just because it was personal, but because it showed that there's progress, but you have to find it, and, and you have to make it happen by just knowing who you are. And that movement was a trajectory. Like, it actually helped me catapult what I wanted out of this. And here I am, maybe a year and a half into the job, into the actual business, I sell merchandise. I mean, mm-hmm. and people are like grabbing it because it's, it's motivating them to continue to try to find their own path, their own true north. I can't thank you enough for that phone call um, and just lending me your ear to hear what I wanted to do and then saying, okay, then what's stopping you from doing it, man? That's yeah. it. Just yeah. go out and go chase it. People, you
1: know, you when know, we get to find our authentic self and just do what it is yeah. that makes us happy, oh, and if we can make a living out of it, that's amazing. And, and
2: the service piece, you know, so there's a lot of the contributions that go right back. So I, I'm this is not just a job. This is a this is a give back opportunity, right? I have two great uh, charities that any any merchandise sold, the profits go right to them. Mm. So I, there is no personal gain here, right? Anything that someone sees something, man, I like that shirt. Well, there's a twofold in it it's a great message of yeah. and a reminder but that that single hand that you just reached out to purchase is going to affect some other lives yeah. i'm fortunate That's awesome man i'm fortunate those are two charities that i work. With. amazing and they're all give backs to at a higher level right one of them is the first Responders children's foundation sorry about that and uh and i also have the canines for warriors oh yeah so both of those guys yeah you know i mean the, this, yeah. These are these are great organizations doing some great things for our communities. Yeah. Man.
1: Canines for Warriors. This brings us back to Pete Kranick yeah. the CMO Club. You see, what we were are. talking about earlier. It, crazy, all, it all man. just kind of like circles it's together. That, yeah, that's, right. that's amazing, man. Well, um, thank you so much for being here, brother. I yeah, appreciate man. having the time. And uh, we're going to put all of uh, Manny's uh, contact information in the socials down below. Appreciate you joining us here for another episode of the True West Podcast. Have a great day.
0: Thanks for joining the True West podcast. If you'd like more information on today's guest, please check below or see the episode notes. Until then, stay curious.